Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. DeAndre Hopkins could walk away from the NFL over the COVID vaccine. Does Nelson Cruz make the Rays AL favorites? Plus, is the Big 12 done without Texas and Oklahoma? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. The NFL announced on Thursday new protocols that would require teams to pay for lost games due to COVID-19 spread by unvaccinated players, essentially saying, look, we're not going to force anyone to get vaccinated, but if you don't, there will be these serious penalties. And some prominent players had some thoughts about this, including Cardinal star receiver DeAndre Hopkins, who said in a now deleted tweet, never thought I would say this, but being put in a position to hurt my team because I don't want to partake in the vaccine is making me question my future in the NFL. Joining me now from Locked On Cardinals, Alex Clancy and Bo Brack. And guys, what do you think ultimately the solution is to all of this beyond maybe just saying, okay, well, I guess everyone's got to get vaccinated now. I mean, this came out of, whoa. So the first thing I take a step back and it's like, you know, I don't want to get political about this because this is, it's sports. That's our, that's our politics. That's my politics. So I think of it as well, this is a player that may not perform to the level that we expected when we're looking at all the other problems around the Cardinals roster. So it's not exactly the same, but that's kind of where I'm compartmentalizing it. It's ever-changing situation. And with DeAndre Hopkins coming out, he's been outspoken forever. Good for him. We love it. He's got he's got swag. I mean, he's, he's the man. Um, it kind of caught me off guard that he went so poignant with the tweet that I think he later deleted. It's just a lot to take in. It's a, it's really just a lot to take in uh, for the grand scheme of the NFL and for the Cardinals. Bo, how, how does the, the league walk this line? Because we heard this uh, from a Bills executive. Hey, you know, if, uh, if it's between a vaccinated player and an unvaccinated player, this is before the rules, we would rather have the vaccinated player. Now that risk is, is even more amplified. How does, how does the NFL and how do these teams walk that line now? Yeah, it's tough. And I saw it uh, put quite well. I mean, it becomes a vaccine mandate or does it become a vaccine ultimatum? And it's interesting to see how the NFL and, it, and it's when you become the judge, jury, executioner, and they rode that line a long time ago and very publicly, whether you're dealing with the rules or you're dealing with players breaking the actual laws of society you know, in, in, that we have in place in society. Uh, it's really interesting to see how the NFL Uh, They have their own rules, regulations in place. And of course, you're going to see some pushback. I mean, it's just a microcosm of society. And you're going to see guys in in DeAndre Hopkins, a bigger name than Cole Beasley, who's been previously outspoken on on this subject. Uh, It's just it just took somebody like DeAndre Hopkins, a big enough name for people to really pay attention and have a reaction to this. Cole Beasley certainly incited a bunch of reaction, but to see a player of the caliber of DeAndre Hopkins kind of threaten to sit out because if, if he has to be vaccinated, uh, nobody, nobody saw that one coming. And, you know, obviously Alex pointed it out, very passionate, opinionated guy, eccentric guy, uh, a guy who negotiated his own two year, $54 million contract extension. That's the type of guy DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. is. I, I don't know what the league, what, where, what the path is after this, but 
just like in society, we have this is a very polarizing topic, and you knew that you were going to have pushback. Now we'll see how the league responds. Is that line that's been drawn in the sand yesterday morning? We'll see if if they're going to stick to their guns here. I don't know if it's if they necessarily can. I don't know legally what they have to stand on. Uh, against the Players Association. Locked On Today is brought to you in partnership with Odyssey, your new home for music, news, sports, and podcasts. Download the Odyssey app today. Coming up, does Nelson Cruz make the Tampa Bay Rays American League favorites? That's next. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. New York Jets assistant Greg Knapp, who worked with Pro Football Hall of Famer Steve Young and soon to be inducted Peyton Manning over his 25-year career, died Thursday from injuries suffered when he was struck by a car while biking last Saturday in San Ramon, California. He was 58. Knapp, known for his expertise with quarterbacks, was only days away from flying to New Jersey to begin his first season as the Jets passing game specialist under new coach Robert Sala. The Jets rookies reported Tuesday to training camp. The Yankees are trying to make a second half push, winning four straight heading into Thursday night against the Red Sox, but in the bottom of the ninth, the Red Sox tied it up and sent it to extra innings. I'm Lauren Campbell from Locked On Red Sox, and the Red Sox won a thrilling game on Thursday night against the Yankees in extra innings, thanks to Hunter Renfro and a little help from Brooks Krisky, who made Yankees history, but certainly not in a good way, when he became the first Yankees relief pitcher to throw four wild pitches in an inning. One of those pitches led to Raphael Devers scoring the game-tying run before Xander Bogarts was walked, took second and third on wild pitches, and Hunter Renfro hit a sacrifice fly deep enough to score Bogarts to walk the game off in the 10th and give the Red Sox a 5-4 win. Overall, Jordan Montgomery did a really nice job for the Yankees, keeping the Red Sox at bay, making sure they don't score, and they really needed that Thursday night because Tanner Houck was dominant for the Red Sox. He struck out eight Yankees batters through four and two-thirds innings, probably would have went a little longer had there not been a 55-minute rain delay, but it's rained every single day in Boston in July, so what can you expect at this point, right? But at the end of the day, the Yankees blew the lead in the ninth, couldn't hold on to the lead in the 10th, and just threw the game away. They gifted this game to the Red Sox on a silver platter, and the Red Sox took it. It's been a fun run for Buffalo getting to host the Toronto Blue Jays. The Blue Jays will return to Toronto on July 30th after the Canadian government granted them an exemption on the U.S.-Canada travel ban. The Blue Jays haven't played at Rogers Centre since 2019 because of coronavirus protocols. They began the season playing home games in their spring training ballpark in Florida before shifting up to Buffalo when the more reliable summer weather rolled in. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for this month on betonline.ag. The NBA draft is almost here. The betonline.ag lines for the first pick in the NBA draft have Cade Cunningham, the prohibitive favorite at minus 2,500. Evan Mobley at 10 to 1. Jalen Green, 10 to 1. Jalen Zuggs, 14 to 1. And Jonathan Kaminga at 20 to 1. For all your Major League Baseball, Olympic lines, golf lines, fight lines, betonline.ag has you covered. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. With the Major League Baseball trade deadline a little over a week away, 
The Rays were not wasting any time acquiring Nelson Cruz in a monster deal that that could shift the balance of power in the American League. Joining me from Locked on Rays, Ulysses Sembrano and Ulysses, uh, when you get a slugger of the caliber of Nelson Cruz, a 2021 All-Star, how does this affect the way that you view the Rays' chances? Let's just start with in the American League. I mean, you've got to love this trade, Peter. Uh, thank you for having me on. Um, it, it's honestly, th- this is going to make the lineup so much thicker than it already is. This is already, you, you could say, uh, a very potent race lineup I- from years past. And then when you are going to put Nelson Cruz in the middle of it, this is just going to make it so much deeper and thicker for opposing teams to get through. I mean, you're, you're putting Nelson Cruz in the middle of Austin Meadows, Joey Wendell, uh, Yandy Diaz, Randy Rosarena, and Wander Franco. I, I mean, that's that's already six deep. And when you're talking uh, about the AL East specifically and, and how that has been going on with the Red Sox uh, the whole season, they're a game away uh, from first. Uh, they've got 12 more games or so against them. So the head-to-heads are going to be incredibly interesting, and they start uh, next weekend uh, when, the, when the Red Sox are actually in, in town at the Trop. The other part of this, though, is, look, hitting is always going to be an important part of not just a playoff race, but the playoffs themselves. And over the last few years, we've seen this shift in baseball to, okay, the thing that matters the most is the slugging. Someone like Cruz can come in and mash for this Rays lineup. Is it going to be enough to offset whatever deficiencies that might crop up with the Rays pitching? Certainly, because if the Rays, uh, if you look at what the Rays did last year in 2020 when they got to game six of the World Series, in fact, 11 outs from game Mm -hmm. seven, uh, it was Randy Arozarena who really carried the whole team in October, right? So uh, the whole team was kind of a, a, you know, sleepwalking through October, (laughs) but now you're going to put this guy in the middle of the lineup. I mean, can all the bats go cold again? You, you, You certainly don't hope that to be the case. But even if they do, now you got a guy who's got experience in the playoffs. Yep. I mean, uh, th- with uh, the team that it already has, this is just going to be a fantastic run to the playoffs. And honestly, I, I, as a, as a Rays fan, I, I cannot think of another big splash in franchise history. This is the most interesting trade they've done in, in the trade deadline for sure. Is the big 12 done without Texas and Oklahoma? Our cue of the day is next. Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have so many delicious flavors for you to choose from. You like fruit with your chocolate? Try the Cherry Barcia. You like old school dessert kind of flavors? Cookies and cream, double chocolate, salted caramel. They have so many options for you. Go check it out because they're not only do they have all of these incredible flavors, but they are high in protein, high in fiber, low in net carbs, and low in sugar. Listen, don't ask me how they do it. All I know is they do it. It's incredible. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKS15 for 15% off at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. There is, of course, the old saying that everything is bigger in Texas. Well, the SEC could soon become bigger with Texas. Oklahoma and Texas uh, reportedly putting in motion plans to leave 
for the SEC from the Big 12. Joining me now from WFAA in Dallas, Mike Leslie. And, and Mike, this is a, a pretty remarkable shift in, in college athletics. And I think it leads to some really fascinating questions about the future of the Big 12. What is the future of the Big 12 without arguably its two marquee franchises? Let's call them what they are. Without Oklahoma and Texas, the Big 12 is dead. I mean, there, there is no Big 12 at that point. There's no money to be made with a league that doesn't include these two teams. What's going to happen if, that, if, if this is the way this goes? And let's be honest, at this point, it looks like this is the way things are going to go. If this is what happens, the remaining eight teams of the Big 12 will be poached by other conferences and we'll end up with four or five power conferences and that's it. Um, For me, the the thing that I've been trying to figure out over the last 24 hours since this story uh, first hit our, our screens is Texas already has this lucrative deal, the Longhorns Network. They are their brand is probably the strongest in in college sports. They have the best college athletics program in the country. What is in this for Texas? Why not go the Notre Dame route and just say, we're going to do our own thing. All of all of this money is ours. I mean, I think that has been a viable option for them. I think that's been something that they have considered. At the end of the day, the SEC right now is the cream of the crop. I mean, even even Notre Dame is, you know, at least flirting with the ACC. Who knows if they'll become a full member or not, but that, you know, things are at least, it seems, moving in that direction. Yes, Texas is a big enough brand that they could they could strike out on their own and probably make more money than they're making with the big 12. I don't know that they could make more money than they would make with this new 16 team sec though. Mm. The numbers that they're throwing around 60 plus million dollars a year and likely to go northward. If you add these two programs into that, that's going to be hard to beat even by yourself as a brand as lucrative as Texas is. So they must've just looked at the dollars and cents of it and decided this is more lucrative than what we can get solo. To me, this is a stepping stone to full autonomy. Some power brokers are going to say, NCAA, what do we need you for? Especially the SEC pulls this off. It's sort of like, okay, we have like eight of the biggest 12 brands in college sports. What do we need the NCAA? How, how much do you think this could potentially push us down that path? Yeah, just like, uh, you know, if you win the, uh, the Super Bowl, if you win the NBA Finals, if you win the Stanley Cup, they call you world champions even though the only teams involved play in the United States and Canada, <laughs> by the same token, the SEC, if they strike out on their own and they've got 20, 24, 32 teams, and they're very clearly the best 20 to 30 teams in the country, they're going to call themselves national champions and move on. It doesn't matter that it's just considered the SEC. Everybody's going to know the best team in that group is your national champion. And we're just going to call them that. And they, that the, the path to that seems very viable right now. This, I mean, uh, on a macro scale, this doesn't really come as a huge surprise to me. We all said it a decade ago when this happened the last time around that another round of this is imminent at some point. Right. And now here we are, the Big 12 TV contracts are getting close to their finish. It makes sense that now is about the time where these big name programs are starting to look at, okay, what is our next move? Because- if there's one constant in college athletics, it is that you have to change in order to survive. And finally, the captain of Spain's synchronized swimming team has complained about the, quote, drastic measures 
by Tokyo Olympic organizers that have made it impossible for her to take her baby to the Tokyo Games. Ona Carbonell used her Instagram account to say she had to leave behind her 11-month-old son despite the appearance of some news suggesting the possibilities that athletes could travel to the Tokyo Olympic Games accompanied by their infants or young children. She told Spanish media that nursing mothers would have to leave the Olympic Village bubble to breastfeed their children, increasing their risk of infection and putting their teammates at a greater risk as well. The babies and caregivers have to stay at hotels. This one seems pretty simple. If you care about following the science and the risk to infants, this is just preposterous and frankly borders on draconian. Just unbelievable. But this is, of course, the same Olympic Games that has designed beds so that Olympians cannot have sex on them. So I don't know what we expected. Now that you've got the news, go make some money. Listen to Locked on Bets. Download and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts coming up on Monday. As the medals start getting handed out, will the COVID headlines fade? So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today.